Hey everyone, welcome to the Oasis Church podcast. We are so honored that you would take a few minutes and you would join us, even if it's through an app on your phone right now. We're just honored that you would spend the time with us. And I want to encourage you, if you want to spend time with us in person, we would love to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 197 Imperial Boulevard in Hendersonville, Tennessee. We would love to meet you. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to serve you. So make plans to join us. But right now, I hope that you enjoy this message and we hope that it encourages you and it blesses you today. Come on, give God a hand, everybody. All right. Y'all have a seat for me. Happy Father's Day to all the dads. Come on, help me honor all the dads. Help me honor all the dads. Come on now. We got, there we go. Let them take a nap today. Let them grill some piece of meat or something. And, uh, and they'll be happy, all right? That's just all I got to say about that. Well, um, I'm so glad you're here, uh, and I want to tell you, actually, hey, uh, are my two cards up there still? Those two uh, things my kids brought in? Bring them up to me, Kev. Thank you, sir. I forgot to bring... Y'all say thank you to Kevin right here. I want y'all to... Uh, I want th- Only two of my kids did this. We have three. Uh, two of them made me cards. The first one is from our middle. Uh, she's so sweet. And it says dad on there. Look at that. Look at that. Y'all like that right there? Um, and here's she, she. That's me and her. I'm the taller one, uh, if you can't tell. And here's what it says. Listen, it says, I love you, dad. You are sweet and you are nice. God loves you and I do too. Love Ellie, XOXO. Does that just make your heart melt? Now, here's my oldest. <laughs> Here's his card. We play a lot of uh, Super Smash Brothers at our house. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. If you don't, go get you some because it's great. Uh, It's a video game. And uh, here's how his card is. You're not good at Super Smash Brothers, (laughs) but I love you anyway. Happy Father's Day. Oh, it's not over. We're, We're going to the back here. Dear Dad, you were good at everything except for Super Smash and Mario Kart. You're the best dad ever. My favorite thing about you is how you think you're good at Super Smash. And in parentheses, again, you're not. Your son, Ruben. Not love, nothing, just your son, Ruben. Uh, so, and one of my youngest didn't even do anything. But those are, that's the contrast of my kids right there. I thought that was funny. Uh, they gave that to me at church today. And so, I do love being a dad. If you're a dad in here, we honor you today, um, and I hope you just have a great day. I hope you feel honored today. Uh, call your dad, um, text him, do whatever, and just say thank you. for You wouldn't be here without your dad, all right? So thank you, dad. Uh, that's what you need to be saying. Out there, we got some donuts. They're for everybody, but they're in honor of dads, and we have the closest to the pin challenge out there. Has anyone hit it on the, the, like on the hole yet? Anybody? Sam, did you do it? Did he really? Oh, that rascal. The wind helped him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but go have fun. That, we, we got that for you to have fun. So go have fun with that today. Um, today we're starting a two-part uh, message series. We're kind of priming the pump 
for, for at the movies. But we're starting a, a series called Stories Jesus Told. And uh, the reason why we're doing this is because approximately 35% of Jesus' teachings, everything we have recorded from Jesus, 35% of it, he told in parables. And so he used parables all the time to prove points. He would, it, there was a lot of different reasons to use parables. Some of it was to give us better theology. Some of it was to give kind of what's going to happen in the future. Some of it was to teach you morals, how to live your life. And some of it was on purpose to just confuse people. Uh, he would just want to confuse people and let them know that they haven't gotten it yet and they needed him to figure it out. And so he used parables all the time. And so speaking of parables, I wanted to give another shout out. Uh, we're going to talk about real life Bible parables today, but at the movies is coming up in two weeks. All right. And we're going to attempt to take movies and turn, we have, we've, we're not attempting, we've done this. Uh, we're taking movies and we're turning them into parables. You see, when Jesus uh, would talk in parables, he would use things that the people of the day would understand. And so he lived in an area where they, there was a lot of farmers, there was a lot of uh, hardworking families that would work on farms, or they would have family farms, that would be their business. They would, he would use things like seed and soil and ground and, uh, and talk about parables. He would use fish sometimes, because there's a lot of fishermen to talk about parables. He would use the landscape of the day, and he would use those things to talk about parables. Why? Because the people understood what he was talking about. He could say, hey, your heart is like... Like this soil. It's either going to be hard or it's going to be soft or it's going to be, excuse me, somewhere in between. And so he would use stuff that people would understand so they could relate to what he was saying. And so that's the whole reason why we're doing at the movies is we want to turn movies into parables. We want to use some things that people understand. Everyone in here has probably seen Jurassic Park. If you're a parent, you've seen Encanto seven million times, right? Like you've seen Remember the Titans. You may have not seen The Martian, but you, but you, you understand these ideas. We're using modern day things to help you understand God's word and to help share the gospel. And so this room, if you look around, there's a lot of empty seats in here, okay? Uh, there's, there's, uh, there might be an empty seat next to you. Let's fill these things up for At The Movies. Invite people. It's so fun. I promise you, you're going to have a blast. It's going to be a ton of fun. And uh, so that's my little plug for At The Movies. But we're priming the pump for At The Movies, and we're going to talk about some Bible parables before that. But back to Jesus. He would often use parables, and he spent a lot of time teaching about parables. So we kind of wanted to just get some things rolling, okay? So uh, how many highly organized people are in the room. Come on, raise your hand. It's okay. We're not shaming you. Okay. Allison. Who else? Raise your hand. Okay. Grandma right here. Harrison's grandma's in the house, everybody. Y'all welcome her in. Do you want to come up and share? I'm joking. That would freak somebody out. But we got highly organized people. If you're a highly organized person, Y'all know what this is. Come on. Do y'all know what this is? I see the organized people just smiling like, can I please just type on it and, and print a label now, please, right? Like these, this is like for not just amateur organizers. This is for professionals right here. Uh, this is the churches, all right? So it is not mine. We don't own a label maker because I don't care, all right? I'll just put stuff where it feels good in the moment, right? Um, but this is, this is a tool, it's a label maker, right? Like, we love label makers. And, uh, and uh, here's the power of label. They actually have a lot of power here, um, and I love this. And for unorganized people, let me explain what this is. This is a little computer, a little printer. You type what you want and hit print, and it'll print out a label that has that thing on it, and you can stick it on stuff. 
and you can know what things are in drawers or where stuff he's, yeah, he don't, he's like, no, I hate these things. Uh, but here, watch, I'll, I'll show you how it works. So I'm going to, I'm going to put a uh, table right here. I'm going to hit print. Yep. Here, watch it. Where's it coming out at? I don't even know how this works. Is it out? Well, this is fun. Okay, well, that was fun. Great, great illustration, Clint. So what would happen is that would print out a little sticker. You got it here. Try to see me make it work, baby. Um, you'd print a sticker, and I would put table right here. And what that does is that gets everybody on the same page, right? Like you put a label on something, and everyone knows what that thing is because that's what it says, right? Like it's table. So when you're looking for stuff in your house, and you're like, oh, the label maker, that's all purpose flour in the pantry, right? Like, it's out. Oh, wow, good job, Clint. Uh, didn't even test it before I came. Uh, but but you, 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 it gets everybody on the same page. It knows, like, hey, what that thing actually is is printed on the label. So if a label's on something, it defines what the thing is on. Does that make sense? So if you put a label on something, it defines what's on the, or what, what uh, the label's on something. It defines the thing that the label is on. And that's awesome when you are organizing your pantry or you're organizing your garage or you're organizing something at your house. That's awesome. You want to be able to define uh, the thing that the label is on. But when we're talking about our lives, that's a whole other ballgame. And here's what I know. There's a lot of people in this room, including me. All right? If I had a mirror, I'd put it right here. I'd be talking to me. There's labels that have been put on your life, and we've allowed these labels to define us. We've allowed these labels to be put on us to go, okay, I am fill in the blank. And there's a label stuck on you today. There's, a, there's a something that you have on you that has defined who you are. It's defined who you are as a dad. It's defined uh, who you are as a husband, as a friend, as a co-worker, uh, as a leader at your job, as a business owner, as a daughter, as a son. You have a label on you, and it's defined you. And today, I've titled this message, Get Up and Go Home. That's the message title today. Get up and go home. Labels are a powerful, powerful thing. And we're going to get there, we're going to talk about it here in a second, but we're going to do it through the lens of a parable. And it's probably, this parable is probably the second most popular parable in the Bible. I would say the first most popular one is the Good Samaritan, right? We've all heard that story. This is probably the second one. This is the prodigal son, and it actually centers around a father and a son. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about fatherhood today. This is not a Father's Day message, really, but it, it centers around a father and a son, and I think it's a great, great message to us about the labels that we can put in ourselves, and but what God really sees in us. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 15. We're going to start in verse 11. It'll also be on the screen behind me, and here's what it says. Jesus, before I get there, has been telling, he told two other stories right before this, okay? And he's talking about lost things. So the first story he tells is about a lost coin, and so this coin uh, that this woman had, it represented, it was like her wedding band, and she lost it. And so she tore her house upside down, and she finally found the coin, and she celebrated. The second one was about a lost sheep. And so it talks about how there was this herd of sheep, and there was a hundred of them, and one went off, 
and the shepherd left the 99 and he went to chase after the one and he brought it back and everyone was happy. And then he shares this story as like the grand finale of the whole thing. And it's about a son and a father and he picks up uh, right here. It says, to illustrate this point further, Jesus told them this story. And so now he goes into parable mode. All right, y'all ready? Say, I'm ready. ready. All right, here we go. He says, a man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. Now, I want to stop here and pause. Only the youngest sibling would do something like this. And he didn't even sugarcoat it. He was like, hey, you're rich. It looks like you're about to kick the bucket. I want your money now, right? Like he didn't say, hey, if it's cool with you, you know, I just want to, you know, maybe this would help me a lot. Like, no, he goes, hey, I want your money now before you die. That's just the youngest sibling thing. Do y'all know what I'm talking about right here? Our youngest is blunt as all get out, right? I mean, she is, she's just to the point. This is the young, this is only younger. Your oldest sibling would never do this. Your oldest child would never do this, but your youngest child would totally do this. That has nothing to do with the message, but I thought it was funny. All right, so he says, hey, before you die, I want the money. So the father agreed. He said, okay. And so he agreed to divide his wealth between his sons, all right? So the father in this story, before we go to the next uh, slide, but the father in this story is a good man. Uh, it, the story kind of paints the picture that he had uh, actually had a lot of money. He had enough money to be okay with parting out his son's share and giving it to him. And his son thought it was a big enough amount of money for him to take and he could like have some fun and live off of it for a little bit. So the dad had done a good job. And he has this farm, we'll see later, he has this farm and he's, done a, he's a great, great dad. And the thing about being a great dad, and this is just two cents right here, this, uh, I want you to understand, is sometimes uh, being a good dad feels like you're being a bad dad. Y'all know what I'm saying? Like sometimes when you're being a good father, it feels like you're being a bad father. When you have to discipline your kids and you're like, all right, you're not playing the switch for the rest of the day. Or hey, no screen time tomorrow. Like I don't like doing that because now I have to fill their time with stuff other than screens. You know what I'm saying? But some, and I feel bad. Sometimes I have to, to let my kids learn a lesson the hard way so that they can learn the lesson. You know, I can't teach them. I can't hold their hand through life. And so sometimes when you're being a good parent, it feels like you're being a bad parent. You have to, like, I remember vividly. I don't even, my dad won't even remember this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something you might not even remember. One of my earliest memories in my life. We were a May Drive living out there, and you were grilling something, and you told me, don't touch the grill. It's hot. Now, I don't even know if you remember me doing this. I went straight over to that grill and just went, put my whole hand on that thing. It was hot, and it burned me. And I remember that, and I don't even know if you were around to even see that. I don't remember that part. I just remember you saying that. I reached out and touched it, and it was real hot. It burned my hand. And I remember that, and now I look back, and I'm like, well, if he was around, he had to let me see that the thing was hot, right? I, I wasn't going to, it wasn't going to be good enough for him to tell me I had to experience it. Sometimes being a good father looks like you're being a bad father. You have to let your kids kind of do their thing sometimes to help them learn some lessons. It's called tough love. It's the same for God. God, you have free will in your life, by the way. God can't force you to love him. He's not going to force you to love him. And sometimes what you really want in life is not the best thing for you. 
And God knows this. He knows, hey, this is not going to make you happy. That person, that relationship is not going to make you happy. That amount of money is not going to make you happy. Hey, having kids is not going to make you happy. Doing, it's not, it's not going to work. And he knows that. And on the inside, we might know that too. But here's what we know is God will sometimes let you do that. And sometimes God being a good father feels like he's being a bad father. But he's not. He's a great father. But sometimes he'll let you hit rock bottom. Sometimes because of your decisions, he won't come in and he won't save the day. Why? Because he loves you. And at some point, he needs to show you that the best option for you is not the things that you're chasing, but it's actually to go back to the father. And so sometimes when God's being a good father, it feels and looks like he's being a bad father. He's just like the father in this story. His father says, okay, you want it? I'll let you have it. And you know, I, I'll let you have it now, and you go do whatever you want. So he, this younger son, he does this. He decides he's going to do something. And so it says this. It goes on. It says, a few days later, the actual word that it's used there, it, is, it says, not many days later. Like, it was pretty soon. He got the money. I'm out. A few days later, probably selling his stuff on Craigslist, you know, on Facebook Marketplace, trying to make a little extra cash, you know, selling the camel selling the, the trailer that goes behind the camel, you know, selling his fishing boat, all that. He's doing it. Selling the, the Yeezy sandals he's got. You know, he's doing it all. He's, he's, he's getting ready. A few days later, son packed all of his belongings, and he moved to a distant land. Y'all say distant land. That's important, distant land. And there, he wasted all, not most, he wasted all of his money on wild living. So what he decided to do was he decided, I'm going to leave the covering of my father's house. In my father's house, over here, in my father's house, I have a roof over my head. I got a job. I have all my needs met. I have food whenever I want it. I'm safe. I'm here. I'm secure. I'm in the place where I need to be. I'm growing. I'm learning. I'm doing everything good. And he's in the covering, he's, in, he's under the authority of his father's house. But he decides, nope, I'm going to move. And so he goes over here. And whenever he left the covering of his father, he was free to make his own decisions. Free to do whatever he wanted. He was free to, to get the stuff that he wanted. He was free to do whatever he wanted. But he wasted all of his money. And in that moment, he put a new label on his life. Instead of being the father's son... Let's just call this guy Steve. His name's Steve. Instead of being, you know, Clint's son, he's now Steve. He's independent. He doesn't need his dad anymore. So he puts this label of independence on his body. He says, hey, I'm independent. And man, we like to be independent, don't we? And some of us would consider ourselves, man, I'm an independent person. I'm a, I, I, you know, I made myself, I, I, I just, I, I worked hard, I came from nothing, and now I'm doing great. And, and you think that you're independent. And listen to me, sometimes 
in, actually, I would say all the time, independence is not a great thing. He bought into the lie of independence. He, he thought, man, I can do this my way. I'm out of my dad's house. I have all the money that I could need, and I'm going to do things my way because I know better. I don't like the way he did stuff there. I don't like the way he, he made me. But you know what? Now I'm on my own. I can do it, and, and I can do better, and I, I can do better than my dad ever did. I'm going to make something of myself. I'm going to, man, no one even knows my dad where I live now, and I'm just, I'm I'm going to make a name for myself. I'm going to do it. I'm independent. I'm independent. But here's what I want you to understand. It was something that was true then. It's something that is true now. Listen to me. Independence is an illusion that leads to delusion. Independence is an illusion that leads to delusion. When we start to think that independence is going to work, we are all of a sudden falling into the trap that the devil has set. Because why? You aren't an independent person. You can't do things on your own. You need the help of other people. You need the help of God. You need people in your corner. You can't do things by yourself. And so when we think that, man, I'm going to be independent, well, guess what? You're living in an illusion, and that's leading you to, some, to, to, to delusion. We think that it's going to work. You think that you know better. You think that you know a better way. But that's not how God designed you. You're not designed to be independent. No, you're designed to need people in your life. You're designed to, to need God in your life. And if you're trying to do something in your own strength, guess what? It might look okay on the outside, and you might find some success, but it's nothing compared to what God can bring you. It's nothing uh, compared to you working with other people and having them help you and, and you helping them. Like You need people in your life. Independence is just an illusion that leads to delusion, and he soon finds that out. He gets on his own, and what does he do? He wastes all of his money. Nothing that he spent his money on was worth it. Nothing. He wasted, the Bible said he wasted it all. He didn't put anything into a retirement account. He didn't save anything. He didn't like invest, no, no, he, he didn't, I mean, it was nothing. He wasted all of his money. He was like, hey, I like that new iPhone. I think I'm going to, or that iTablet, whatever they had back then, right? Like, I'm thinking I'm going to get that, or, ooh, that looks good. Oh, I'm going to take her on a date. Ooh, I'm going to, and, and all of a sudden he wasted everything. And he's experiencing the life of independence. He's experiencing it. It goes on to say this, about this time, about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. All right. And he persuaded a local farmer to hire him. He's like, hey, my dad has a farm. And I could work on your farm. So he's persuaded a local farmer to hire him. And the man sent him to the field to feed the pigs. The young man became hungry. And he became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. Have you ever been that hungry before? Where you're like, I will eat this table right now. I'm so hungry, right? Like he's so hungry, he can't afford to eat that he was like, I'll eat the pig slop that they have. Like, that sounds good to me right now, but that's what it says. But no one gave him anything. Where are all his friends now? Where's this wild living now? Look where it led to him. It led to him right here. All of a sudden, his money runs out. And wouldn't you know it, just about the time his money ran out, a famine also sweeps across the land. So he, was, he had two things going for him. The first thing is this. He made some mistakes, okay? We all make mistakes. 
He made mistakes. He had spent all the money. He'd wasted all the money. He suffered the consequences. But also, he was the victim of circumstance. So not only did he make some mistakes, that was something that he controlled. He had something outside of his control that also happened. So now he has some, he's, he's sleeping in the bed that he made, right? Like he's made some bad decisions. He made some mistakes. But also things happened outside of his control that got him to where he was. And I want you to understand something. When you make mistakes, which we all do, Sometimes we do them a lot more than we like to. Or when something happens that's outside of your control that hurts you, that might make you a victim of something, when that happens, you are the prime target for the devil to slap a label on you that's not true. Some of the biggest labels in your life, I want you to think about this, come from your biggest mistakes or life circumstances that did not go your way. And whenever that happens, the devil uses us, and when we're weak, to slap a label on us. So when we make that mistake, all of a sudden we start to believe that we are that mistake. Or something may have happened to you. And he uses you when you're vulnerable, when you're alone, when you're trapped in the pig pen and you have nothing coming for you and you're desperate and life has hit you really hard and some of it may have been out of your control. That's when the devil, he's so bad, he'll come and he'll just put a little label on you. He'll just, he'll just put a little, little label on you because the devil prowls around like a lion. That's what the Bible says. And he's looking for people to devour. If you've ever watched like a, a, a Nat Geo documentary or like Planet Earth on Netflix or whatever, you see the lions when they go hunt. They, they don't hunt things like in a, that are in a big group of, like in a herd. No, they, they find the stragglers. They find the people that are out by themselves. And those are the things that the lion, the, the devil's like a lion. He wants to get you when you've made mistakes and you're down and when you're a victim of circumstance. He's prowling on you then because he knows you're susceptible and, and you're, you're open and, and he wants to take advantage of you. He wants to take advantage of your kids when they feel this way. He, he wants to take advantage of your marriage when it feels this way. And that's exactly what's happening in this story. So I want you to just, I want you to think about this for a second. Your biggest labels, they come from, uh, they come after your biggest mistakes or after you've been a victim of some sort of circumstance in your life. Abuse, uh, verbal abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, like all those things. Uh, maybe you were hurt by somebody deeply. Maybe your parents did something to you. Uh, they spoke something over you and you, it wasn't your fault. But now you're having to deal with it and you have these labels on you. That's, that's where all of this happens. And the devil, he's prowling on you. So here's what I want you to think about for a second. I want you to think about what label do I believe about myself? If you were really honest, okay? If you were really honest and you said, when I think about myself and I had to describe myself, what words would you use? What would you say? Like, what would it be for you? Because those are your labels. That's the pig pen that you live in right now. And so what I want to do is I want to share with you some of the labels that I believe. And some of the lies that I believe about myself. And the labels I put on myself. And things that I constantly am having to fight every day in some way. Um, and, I, and I want to be open. Some of you might feel awkward about this because you're like, oh boy. 
And it's because you may have not experienced someone being open with you before, but I'm going to be open with you. And I want to just share with you, honestly, the struggles I have. The first one, that, I, and these are just the ones I want to share with you, all right? I'm pretty messed up. Um, but I'm okay with that. Uh, first one is this, is I, I'm average. That's the, one of the labels. I'm an average person. So, like, I, there's not anything really special about me. I'm not smart. I think about that all the time. Or, like, I'm an average pastor. I'm an average leader. There's people so much better than me at everything. I'm just kind of middle-of-the-road guy. I'm an average person. The, the other one, another one is I'm a terrible leader. You know what I hear in my head all the time? You can't lead a church. Like, you're not a good enough leader to, like, what? You can't lead a church. Like, you don't even do a good job at your job. You're not, you're not a good leader. What are you talking, Clint? Like, you're, you're not a good leader, right? Like, people will eventually find that out, and then they're going to leave you. That's what I think. I feel like I'm a bad leader. And so when people get too close to me, they're like, man, this dude doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm gone. I, I feel like that's a fear of mine. I'm a bad leader. That's what I think about myself sometimes. Another one is I'm not smart. Like, I, I'm, I'm not very book smart. I'm not, I'm not super logical, right? Like, and, and I'm never going to be smart enough. That's what I hear when I, when I look at this label. Or if I was smarter, people would respect me more. That's what I think sometimes. If I were to describe, I'm not a very smart guy. You probably heard me say that in a message, right? Like, that's just how I feel sometimes. Uh, the last one is I'm always going to be unhealthy. Man, you can't lose all the weight you need to lose. Like, you, you'll always make bad food decisions, Clint. Or you'll probably die early because you don't have any self-control. You're always going to be like this. You're never going to find victory here. Don't even try. And those are the labels that I have put on myself, or maybe some of those have been put on me, and some of those have come from my biggest mistakes in life, or from a, a circumstance that I found myself in that was out of my control, and now all of a sudden I believe certain things about myself because these labels have been put on me, and now they've identified me as a person, and none of those things are true. And some of you are like, whoa, yeah, but what about you? What do you really think about yourself? Like if you were to describe yourself and you would get honest, what lies have you bought into that are labels on your life? Maybe for you, you might think, I'm unlovable. My dad didn't even love me. Uh, if he can't love me, then no one will, right? Like, uh, or maybe uh, they told me they loved me, but they still left me. They said they loved me, but they still hurt me. Uh, so I can't be loved. Like uh, apparently I'm the problem. Like I'm broken, right? Maybe a label for you is I'm incapable of finding someone. Like man, like every time I try to date a person, they they say, "Hey, you're just not right for me. I'm not feeling a connection." Or I'm never. I'm always going to be single. I'm going to die alone. I'm going to like maybe that's your. I just I can't find anybody, and I'm just doomed. And now I just feel like I'm broken beyond. I just I can't do anything, and and you just feel like that. That's a label you put on yourself, right? What if this is your label? I'm afraid. What's that weird pain? I mean, is that serious? Like, I just, do I need to go? Like, ooh, what if I don't get that job? Or what if they find out what I'm really like? Or what if my kids don't come back to God? Or what if, or what if, and all of a sudden our life is marked by fear and we're afraid of everything. What if this thing happens and all the things you think about all the time and, and you would just say, I'm a pretty fearful person. That's a label that you have on you. Maybe for you, I'm an addict. I'm probably going to struggle with this my whole life. I, there's no way out, you might be thinking. I, 
I'm never going to have freedom from this. I feel like I'm in an impossible situation and I'm, all, I'm, I'm defined by what I've done and what I've made a bad habit of. I'm an addict. Maybe that's your label. Maybe for you, I'm depressed. I'm never going to be happy. Nothing's ever going to make me happy. What's wrong with me? If I can't be happy, then I might as well just end it. I might, like, I, I'm just, a, I never, I'm, nothing's going to, I've made all this money. It's not making me happy. And, and you just feel like you're depressed. Maybe for you, you think, I'm always going to be angry. I'm angry. I'm always going to snap at my kids. I'm going to ruin their childhood because they think they have a dad that's just mad all the time, right? Like, why can't they just listen to me, though? If they listened to me, if they respected me, I wouldn't get so mad, right? I'm just mad. If they did that, I wouldn't be so mad, right? Like, maybe that's your label. Maybe for you, you think, I'm a nobody. Like, I'm not, I don't amount to anything. There's nothing special about me. Like, the people don't even know I exist half the time. Maybe your label is this, I'm broken beyond repair. What happened to me? that was out of my control, has broken me forever. I'm never going to find freedom from this, right? I'm hopeless. I'm helpless. There's even no, there's no point of even trying. Like, I'm so broken. Abuse happened to me so long that I've just gotten used to living this broken life. I'm broken. I don't know what label you put on yourself. I don't know what it is. Only you and God know what that is. And maybe the closest people around you. But I want the Holy Spirit to be speaking to you right now and letting you know what those things are. Because those labels are lies. They're lies. That's not who you are. Some of you, look at me, some of you need to hear that. The label that you have on you is a lie and that is not who you are. The Father does not see you that way. You need to know that today. That's not who you are. You're not the mistake that you made. You're not the the abuse that happened to you. That is not who you are. Those are all lies. And so I think about this story. The son, he's an absolute rock bottom. Lost everything. He's feeding pigs. He's trying to eat pig food. And the dad isn't really mentioned in the story till the end. But what do you think the dad's thinking during this whole time? Like, I, I know what I'd be thinking. Here's, probably, here's what the dad's thinking. He's like, hey, I wonder what he's doing. I wonder how he's doing. Right? Like, I hope that there are people in his life that, like, love him as much as I do. Right? Like, I, I hope he's being smart with his money. Like, I gave him all this. I hope he hasn't wasted it all. Like, I hope that he's doing okay. Like, I hope that he's well. I hope he's not sick. Like, I hope he's doing well for himself. I hope that he's been able to spread his wings and fly a little bit. And wouldn't you be thinking that about your kids? Like, you might be worried, but you just would hope that, like, man, they're doing pretty good. I hope they're doing okay. And I hope that they're going to make it in life a little bit, right? Like, I know I would. And I bet his father's heart longed to see his son again. And the father actually had no idea what the son was doing. And that's where the story is a little different. Like we, It's okay in this story to compare the father to God, but the difference between this father and God is God sees you where you are right now. If you're in a pig pen and you, you've got all kinds of labels stuck on you and you're miserable and, and you feel like you've just made a mess of your life, listen, unlike the father in this story, God knows exactly where you are. 
He sees you. He knows where you are, and, and he wants to do something. He sees your struggle. He sees you caught in your mess. He sees you when you're left with nothing. He sees you. He knows, but God can't make you love him. God's not going to make you love him. That's a choice that you have to make. We have free will. We have to choose to love God. And like I said before, sometimes when God's being a good God, it seems like he's being a bad God. And you're like, well, if he was here, why am I? Well, sometimes your bad decisions get you to where you are right now. But here's the good news. God sees you. He knows where you are. And here's what he's waiting on. He's waiting on you to get up and go home. To just get up. And go home. God didn't go anywhere. You did. You left. And when you left, you got stuck with all these labels that you're believing about yourself. And God is like, that is not who you are. You are my son. You are my daughter. It's time for you to get up and go home. That's where you're supposed to be. That's where he needs you to be. And so I love this next line in the Bible. I love it. It says this, when he finally came to his senses, he, fin- I mean, he finally came to his senses. He thought, this sucks. I hate doing this. And he, he starts to get some clarity. Sometimes when God allows us to hit rock bottom, we think the most clearly we have in years because you start to understand that the only thing that you could do is just to get up and go home. And he says, at home, the hired servants have enough food to spare. And I'm here dying of hunger, right? And he says this, I'm going to go home to my father, and I'm going to say, hey, dad, he's practicing his I'm sorry speech. You know, I've sinned against both heaven and you. And listen, I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Did you catch that? He doesn't even have the label of son anymore in his life. He's taken that label off, and he thinks, I'm not going to get that back. I've lost it. Instead, I'm broke. I'm heartbroken. I'm lonely. I'm depressed. He's, he's removed the label that was true about him and took it off. And he says, but hey, you know, I'll, I'll take me on as one of your hired servants. I'll have that label. At least those people get to eat. And I love this. And it says, so he returned to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. And listen to this. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son. and He embraced him and he kissed him. And his son said, hey, father, I've sinned against both you and heaven, and I'm no longer worried, uh, worthy of being called your son. He's taken that label off. But listen, the father doesn't even listen to what he's saying. He doesn't even respond to what his son says. Instead, his father does this. He says, but his father said to the servants, just ignored everything he says, says, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf. We have been fattening. Come on, baby. How many of y'all going to eat some fattened calf today for Father's Day? Woo! Come on. I can feel the Holy Ghost. We must celebrate with a feast for this son. He puts the label back on him, baby. He said, no, you're not a servant. You're my son. He was lost 
and now he's found. So let the party begin. Come on, I'm just celebrating that my son came back home. Oh, I love this. I don't want you to miss this. When we come to our senses, when you start to realize that maybe these labels I've put on myself or maybe that have been put on me from other people are not true and you start to come to your senses and you start to get up and go home, it's amazing what happens. So for some of you that feel like you're unlovable, that you're incapable of finding someone, that are afraid, maybe some of you are an addict, you're depressed, you're always gonna be angry, you're a nobody, you're dumb, you're insignificant, you're not special, you're broken beyond repair. If that's a label that you have on, I want to tell you that that's a lie and God is trying to speak to you right now and he's trying to tell you, no, 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 that's not who you are. In fact, you are my child. You are a child of God. You are loved by God. God created you. And you know what he says? That you're his masterpiece. Have you ever been to a beautiful place in the world like Niagara Falls or you've been somewhere amazing or Smoky Mountains and you're like, man, that is so beautiful. God didn't say that those things were his masterpiece. You are his masterpiece. You are special to God. You are significant to God. He's not mad at you. He desperately wants you. You are special. You are not broken beyond repair. You can find joy again. You're not a nobody. You are somebody to God and you're somebody worth saving. And he paid the price for you to come home back to him and that's what he's waiting on and when you get home guess what those labels start to come off and you start to see yourself for who uh, for who God made you and, and you start to see yourself the way that God sees you and that's what God wants for your life but it takes you realizing where I'm at is not okay I need to get up I need to go home and I need to be with my father where I can find truth again where I can know who I am again here's what I know listen to this you can't stay where you are when God is welcoming you home. God's welcoming you home. The Bible didn't say that when he saw his son a long way off, it said, oh, God, he was upset. He was mad at him. He was disappointed. No, it said he was filled with love and compassion. Guess what? God right now is filled with love and compassion, and he's waiting for you to come home. And when you come home, you're not going to get a lecture. You're, you're not going to get a finger wagged in your face. You're not going to get a spanking. You're not going to get grounded. No, no, no. You might have some consequences that you need to deal with. You might have some things that you need to deal with. But God is filled with nothing but love and compassion for you. He's not mad at you. He's a loving father waiting on you to come back. And some of you today, you're a long way off. You need to come back to God today. Some of you today are believing the labels that have been put on you, and it's time to take those off and recognize who you really are. You are a child of God. You're a child of God. He created you. He gave you the breath in your lungs. He died for you. He, he loves you exactly where you are. He's just waiting on you to get up and go home. He's ready. He, he's waiting. He's right there. So just get up and go home. I think it's time for some of us today to get up and just go home. Go to the Father today. He's ready to meet you with love and compassion. And I love that at the end, this isn't in my notes, at the end, he didn't just give him the stuff he needed. He blessed his son. Like, he didn't just give him, like, all right, here's a hot meal, and uh, you can sleep on the couch. 
No, he was like, get the nice clothes. I want that dude to have a ring like an Italian man, you know, and I want, I, want to, I want him to smell good, look good. You know, that cow we've been saving, today's the day, baby. Come on, we're going to kill that thing. It's time to eat some good food. We're ready to party. He gave them more than enough. You know what the Bible says? Is that when you become a Christian, God gives you everything you need to live a godly life. And those things are extra. Like, you get gifts to make a difference and to do these things. Like, God's not stingy with his grace. God's not a stingy God. He's a generous God. And so whenever you come back home, you don't just get to get out of hell. That's like the necessity. No, you get a relationship with the Father, and when you have a relationship with the Father, everything the Father has, you have. And you get to come under that covering again. And you get to say, God, thank you so much. And he begins to give you way more than you need. He gives you a relationship while you're here right now. That's what the Father does. And some of us need that today. Come on, I want you to bow your heads. and I want you to close your eyes. We're going to wrap up here. Two things I want to do. First one is this. Some people... Right now, you need to come home to the Father for the first time. And, and you need to, you've been gone for a long time. You need to come back home or you've never been home before in your life. And you need to ask Jesus into your heart today. Regardless of those two, this is for you today. And if you'd say, Clint, I need to come back home today. I'm ready. On the count of three, just raise your hand. Come on, one, two, three. Raise it. Don't be shy now. Here we go. If that's you, I want you just to say this. Say, God, I'm sorry. God, I turn around. I come back to you. God, would you just step into my life right now? I make you the Lord of my life. God, I want to be in your house. And in the best way I know how, I live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Some of you, man, you you're, have a relationship with Jesus, but there are some labels that have been placed on your life that are lies. They're toxic. They have dictated your life. They've dictated how you've lived your life. And now and today is the day that you're saying, Clint, I'm choosing to take that label off and receive the label that God has for me. Come on, if that's you, I want you to just raise your hand. I want to pray for you today. Come on. Raise your hand. There we go. Don't be shy. God, I pray for these people that have raised their hand. God, whatever label they have on them, help them understand who they really are. The truest thing about them is what you say about them, God. Begin to speak truth in their life right now, God. I pray you'd help them understand they are a great mother. They are a great father. They don't have to be angry forever. They don't have to struggle with that addiction forever. God, they don't have to live the way they've been living. They can take that label off and you can put on the label that you've given them, God. Help them understand that they are a son or a daughter of you, the king, God. I pray that you help them understand that. Help them speak truth over their lives, God. Help them understand and see how you view them. God, I thank you that you're filled with love and compassion, and I praise these labels get taken off today, that we would replace them with truth from your word today, God. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, give God a hand in this place. Thank you, God. Come on.